When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's never been easier to communicate with people, but it's never been harder to know which platform you're supposed to communicate on. Here's a simpler solution. With call, meet, and message all in one app, RingCentral makes communication easy. With all that connectivity in the palm of your hand, you can work from anywhere with anyone at any time and never miss a beat. Because when it comes to communication, simple is better. Learn more at RingCentral.com. RingCentral, simpler communications. Here at the Container Store, we believe you shouldn't be limited to just one happy place. Your home should be full of them. That's why we're giving you 30% off every custom alpha space. From closets and pantries to playrooms, offices, and garages, you can transform any area with alpha and save 30%. Here's another happy thought. Our design specialists will design your space for free. Get ready to discover your new happy place at the Container Store. Visit us in-store or online to get started with a free design. Hey everyone, Matt Beamer here. Thank you so much for tuning in to us this week here at In the Marbles. We've got a great show in store for you. We're going to review all of Kentucky races, the second Austria race, and looking forward to the All-Star Race at Bristol. Let's get into it. Drivers, start your engines! Yeah, it's about the half week, halfway point, I should say, here in the NASCAR season, and only the second race into the Formula One season. Preston, hello everyone again. I'm Matt Beamer alongside Preston Lude. How's it going, Preston? Wonderful, fantastic. We got a new setup here. It's it's a very interesting setup. It's a very interesting setup, and here's exactly what I wanted to happen with this. I got a switcher. I've had this switcher actually for a while, but I thought now would be a good time to bring it out and use it. Okay. Well, that's good. And so what I did was I hooked up all the stuff and it takes HDMI only. Oh. So I hooked up all the stuff and got the HDMI adapters and put everything in. Well, the problem with that is the cameras that we're using are webcams right now. Mm, Yeah. They need to have a power supply. The switcher doesn't provide the power supply. It's a lot of moving parts still. And I because I wanted the whole wide shot of the new studio we had and yeah. just be able to switch one and two so everybody could see our full beautiful faces instead of just split screen. Yeah, if you want to call my face beautiful. Because right now I feel like we need to move the camera here and do this and do that just so we're looking at each other. Because yeah. we're not even looking at our audience right now. Well, I mean, I'm looking at you and then the audience. Right. You know, back and forth. It shouldn't right. be a tennis match. <laughs> No, that's a good comparison, though. I like that. My man, how's it going? Good. It was a busy weekend of racing. Very busy weekend racing. But what about you? How how are you doing? Things are good. Um, you know, as you know, I'm back at work. So, uh, I mean, that's a good thing. But I just, uh, condition makes me feel tired a lot. Yeah. So, I feel a lot more tired in the past, like, 
six to eight months than I have in years. Man. Like, okay, so I'll explain it to you. Last night, I got at least seven and a half hours of sleep, which is really good for me. Right. And I still feel tired. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> so it's just really weird. Today's been a weird day. But, uh, you know, got off work this morning, raced some Formula One on the uh, new Formula One 2020 How is game. that game? It's good so far. I have yet to try the – they have a new mode in there where you can create your own team and hire your own drivers. Ooh. I have yet to try that yet. I've just – I started with my solo career, and I'm racing in Formula 2 right now, and I'm doing a whole oh, season. Oh, you work your way up from Formula 2 up to yeah. Formula 1. Yeah, you can wow. start in Formula 1 or Formula 2, and you can choose how many races you do in Formula 2. I'm doing a full season, and then it'll help you set up for what teams will decide to want to sign you when you get ah, to Formula 1. So it one. isn't so, just, uh, oh, you get this one team, and it's Will- or it's Williams Yeah, you sign with a... Um, uh, like a, uh, I wouldn't say that's like a junior program, but like there's different programs. You can sign with like Mercedes programs, which has like, uh, you know, uh, Petronas, Mercedes, you know, Lewis Hamilton, them. Yeah. Or, um, Racing Point is another one that runs Mercedes. And then, or you can do with like Ferrari or like Red Bull Racing, okay. which has Red Bull and AlphaTauri as well. So you can, you can sign with whatever junior program you want to do, but you don't have to sign with whatever program decides to sign you as in like you get other multiple team offers outside of that program when you get to formula one. Oh, interesting. So, but yeah, but I've watched videos on the, where you can create your own team and it looks like there's a lot that goes into it. I mean, sponsors, you have to perform well for sponsors. Everything costs so much money. So I'm yeah. going to get to that point eventually, but right now I'm working on just racing solo career right now. And how is the steering wheel working? Great. Good. Awesome. Awesome. I'm still waiting on my base and pedals and stuff because they sent me the wheels, but they failed to send me the base and pedals and shifter. Okay. Well, that's not good. No, I'm. I'm, Did you did you write them a strongly worded email? I have notified them. Okay. That's that's (laughs) all that matters. That's gonna work. (laughs) That's awesome, man. We got a lot of news to cover. There's a lot going on, and I I've been looking forward to this for a while. So we're gonna hit the news here. And get right into it, man. First thing I got going on here is probably the talk of the town right now. And I just found out about this today. Tony Stewart, Ray Abraham, and former NASCAR COO George Payne forming a new racing series called Superstar Racing Experience or SRX. Yeah. It looks like, and I just saw a picture of one of the cars. It looks like an old IROC car. Yeah. And it's focused on short track racing and it will launch in 2021. On CBS. I think it's just six races so far, if I'm not mistaken. Yep, I think I saw six races as well, but that sounds like a lot of fun. It's CBS gonna be fo- seems very invested in this. And the fact that it's only focused on short track drivers, I think it's going to cause a lot of publicity. It'll get a lot of names out there Yeah, and really launch it. I really kind of want to see where they're holding the inaugural one. So, in the Marvels could be there. Yeah, I would. I would definitely love to be there. Uh, yeah. That would be really cool. What I found really cool as well is that Ray Evernham is in charge of designing these cars and making sure that the cars are going to be equal. They want the cars to be all to be the same. They want the drivers to be the ones to, you know, make the difference. So right. they don't want the machines to make all the difference. Right. They want the drivers. It's going to so. be interesting to see. Keep a lookout. We'll keep you updated here here at In the Marbles on Superstar Racing Experience, SRX. I can't wait. (laughs) So that was the big piece of news I saw. The second one, All-Star Race coming up next week at Bristol. And when I say next week, this week at Bristol, he's going to be a mid-week. I think it's going to be on the 15th, so Wednesday. Yeah, Wednesday night, yeah. I wanted to go, but I'm going to Alabama. 
Mm. So I'm not going. Even though I asked my wife, hey, do you want to go up north to Bristol, then down south? She said no. That was a hard no. That wasn't even a, no, we'll think about it. No, no, no. No. I want, I, I, it just didn't work out for me or else I would have been there. It would have been great because they, for the first time ever, they have underglow for the cars. Yeah, they're doing some interesting Not things only are time. they moving the numbers further back and having the store sponsor higher. And the, and the All-Star race is known for this. The All-Star race is known for, let's test this out. If it yeah. works out, great. If it doesn't, oh, well. Mm-hmm. We get, we, like the hood scoops. Yeah. There was a big thing coming out. We're going to have hood scoops next year. After All-Star race, did you hear about them again? No. Nope. Didn't hear about them once, and that only happened a couple of years ago. Yeah, so they're having underglow for these cars, and I like this idea only for the All Star race because it it I think it would kind of it would make a cool show. Now, is it just for the main event? Because what about the open? It's just for the main event. Everybody who's in the race. So if people race their way into the race, they won't have it then. They they probably have to. They're all cars are probably going to have to have it. Okay. But then once you get into the main event, then you can just switch them on. Yeah. So here's the color scheme for it. You have amber for Chevy, blue for Fords, and red for Toyota. Oh, I thought they were all going to have their own colors, but okay. All right. That's, but that makes sense. It's just, yeah. it's just a make Yeah. for the vehicles. Looking forward to the all-star race. We'll get more into that. Really no predictions for that. To me, I'm just going to give everybody a heads up right now because it's just going to be a fun night of racing. Yeah, I didn't really, I can't wait for it. It's yeah. just going to be a lot of fun for me. Mm-hmm. So, you have any news before I keep going? I'm just rambling on. Um, so, I mean, one of the only important things that I saw over the weekend that we're still kind of waiting on in terms of Formula One is that Team Renault filed a... Um, a protest. A protest. Against Racing Point. Yeah, Racing Point. And I was going to get more into that in Formula One. And really what the gist of it is, what I got, because I had to have Will Buxton tell me about it, because mm-hmm. I have no idea, because they're, I'm sure their sporting regulation is this thick with subparagraphs and sub-subparagraphs and everything, according to Will Buxton. Yeah. And what he pretty much said was these Racing Point vehicles are 2019 Mercedes painted pink. Yeah, there's... Yeah. And, and the whole kabobble with this whole thing is is that... Renault was protesting that that isn't their car. That isn't Racing Point's car. That is a Mercedes car. Yeah, they're saying they copied the designs. Right. So they've already, you know. Mercedes put in the legwork, sold it probably to Racing Point, Mm -hmm. and said, we got our own 2020 stuff. You can have our 2019 stuff for this amount of money. That's what I'm hearing. And Renault, I don't know why they waited until the second race to do this. Yeah, that's odd. But that's the issue right now. Personally, it's if it's a rule of Formula One, you got to design your own stuff. Yeah, fine. Right. But with a small team like that, what I don't see the problem going to like a Mercedes or Ferrari and buying stuff if they're not going to use it anymore. You might as well take advantage of it. Yeah, I think Renault's just upset that they're getting beat by Racing Point, which is formerly known as Sahara Force India. Sahara Force, which that's a whole nother podcast to talk you about know, what's what's i find interesting about it is all these um people i see on twitter are like you know welcome to the war of formula one where i mean you're probably going to see a lot of protesting all the time just like we saw last week before uh the first race when red bull came out and said you know they were trying to protest mercedes on their um i can't remember what it had to do with there was a setup where they could change 
Yeah, it was their. It was like their tow system. Yeah, the tow. Where they pretty much pull back on the steering wheel and can change the tow or the yeah. tires, which I thought was very innovative. But mm-hmm. that's not going away until 2020 at the end of the season. Yeah, they, the it was the okay to run for the season, but then Red Bull, you know, they, it was already done in the offseason. And, you know, Formula One came out and said, yeah, you can have it for this season. But then Red Bull decided to protest it again, and everybody was like, oh, I think they're just kind of they're grabbing at things. Look, now. everybody's tired of getting their butts kicked by Mercedes. It is what it is. Right. But I was going to bring that up in, form of, in our Formula One segment. I'm glad you brought it up now because it was an interesting piece of news I saw and one that I can't, I'm curious to see what the outcome is. Mm-hmm. All right. As everybody knows from our previous episodes, we do not like talking politics here in In the Marbles. No, no. Apparently, a week or so ago, Corey LaJoy had a Trump 2020 paint scheme, which caused a lot of people to go crazy. Right. I think it's just an election year and everybody's losing their minds over every little thing. Mm-hmm. But again, we're not going to get into politics here or try not to get suckered into it. But NASCAR is now in the early discussions of talking about banning political paint schemes in the future. Okay. Which I'm okay with, but if you're going to do it for one, do it for them all. And it's been dealing with a bunch of controversies, mainly supporting the Confederate flag and all that stuff. And I say, if you're going to ban the Confederate flag, ban every flag that has a political agenda attached to it. Yeah. The only flags that should be up there at this point, as far as I'm, as far as I can think of with NASCAR, the way they're going, American flag, state flag, driver flag, manufacturer flag, team flags. Yeah. And those are the only flags that should fly. Other than that, don't fly any other flag that has some type of agenda, some type of focus on this group. No, if you want to ban one, ban them all. Right. Squash this bug. American flag, driver flag, team flags, manufacturer flag. Now, I heard that, so in terms of the pain scheme, I mean, because a lot of people were ribbing Corey LaJoy over this. They were, you know, they were like, oh, I mean, how could you be okay with that? How could you let that happen? But I don't think the driver has so much say. It's the team. I mean, if somebody's approaching you with money... To put something on the car, I mean, like, I'm not, you know, trying to defend them for wanting to do that, but I mean, when you have sponsors that will come to you and say, hey, we're going to pay you this much money to put this on the car, I mean, for teams like that, that are kind of on the low end of things, I mean, you can't hate them for accepting the money. No, you can't, and it's like, what if Carl, what if Carl Edwards back in the day raced that subway car, but like Jimmy John's better or Jersey Mike's? Yeah. You can't complain because you know why? Jack Roush and Joe Gibbs said, this is our sponsor. If you want to drive for us, you got to get with the sponsors and make them happy and do whatever because they're paying us millions of dollars a year Mm -hmm. to do what you want to do and us paying for everything. Yeah. So I can't blame Corey for that. Everybody did, or a lot of people did. I want to say everybody did. Right. But if you're going to do it from one thing, do it for it all, NASCAR. Mm-hmm. Don't pick and choose because it hurts people's feelings yeah, getting... or ruffles people's feathers. Yeah. If you're going to do it for one symbol of anything, do it for it all. Yeah, like I said, seems the, like it's getting very political. Everything's getting very political because it's 2020. It's yeah. an election year. Mm-hmm. Everything's going berserk. It doesn't even matter who's in the White House because it'd be going berserk Either anyway. Way. Yeah. In my opinion. Yeah. So if you're going to do it for, if you're going to ban the Confederate flag and all these political symbols because it hurts people's feelings, well then ban everything except the American flag, driver flag, competitor flag, and manufacturer flag. I can. And track flags. That's it. Yeah, that would, that that makes sense. That would solve all the problems. And if you don't like it, again, you could go on every NASCAR fan page and Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram and say, I'm never watching it again. 
And then two weeks later, you're back. Back watching it again. Back watching it again and saying it isn't so. as good as Wendell Earnhardt race. <laughs> Last piece of news I have. Daytona Road Course is now taking the place of Watkins Glen coming up here soon. I totally forgot about that. This was a big piece of news that came across that I came across, and I'm very excited about this for two reasons. One, I've never seen stock cars race at the road course. No. And they're going to be doing this in the clash in February. So yes, I'm, that's I'm, right. I'm curious to see who's going to excel there and who can take what they learned from there and use it in the clash. This is going to be great practice, so no more complaining from Kyle Busch saying, Oh, we didn't get to practice here because guess what? You get a little dose of it right now. I can't wait for that. That's coming up here in a few weeks, I think. Sometime sometime in a few weeks. We'll let yeah. you more, know more about that. But Daytona Road Course, I'm looking forward to that. It's going to be a great preview of the Clash. It's exciting. I'm excited for it. Does NASCAR just grant a practice session? Do you think they would or no? I think they would. You think they will? I think they would. I could see it happening. At least they, one they, session. They would have to. Right. Do the random draw qualifying. That seems to be working out fine. Yeah. But go ahead and give them one, maybe two hours of practice. I'd say two hours of practice would be more than fair to see where everybody is. Yeah, it's kind of surprising. Well, I mean, I guess I can't really compare NASCAR to Formula One in terms of practicing right now because maybe the number of cases over in Europe are down. But, I mean, Formula One still gets all of their practice sessions and qualifying too. So it's kind of interesting. It's two different sports, two different heads of each sport going on in there. Yeah. Going to be fun to see. But if you have nothing else, we're going to go ahead and run into Formula One and cover the second Austrian race. Let's get it. All I can say about this Formula One race is that it was a snooze fest for me. Okay. I didn't like it at all. I'm starting really not to like Formula One at all. Oh, please explain. I think I, I want to see what the rules changes. I'm going to keep the faith in Formula One to see what rules changes come out in 2021. Because mm-hmm. I know they're revamping the cars and doing a lot of things differently. I'm tired of seeing Mercedes up there. I'm tired of seeing the same two drivers win it all the time. Tired of Lewis Hamilton. Tired of Valtteri Bottas. I'm tired of all of them and seeing drivers fall back. I can't take it anymore, man. Lewis Hamilton starts up front. I'm going to change the channel because I guarantee you I know who's going to win the race. Lewis Hamilton. Lewis freaking Hamilton. Can't stand it. <laughs> Snooze fest for me. Hamilton led all the laps from lights out to finish. Leclerc and Vettel took themselves out on lap one, so there goes my team. Yeah, they... Both were out by lap five. Best racing was for six in the field. At the end. At the end of yeah. the race. Mm-hmm. In my opinion, it's not racing when guys just go on the track, leave the field, and go. Others might disagree with me, but to me, that's not fun for me. You might say the same thing, but Kevin Harvick only had a two-second lead over second place, and then caution came out, and then they're all back together. Mm -hmm. Safety car comes out, pulls off in Formula 1, and Hamilton takes off. It's not fun anymore. Yeah, you kind of have to keep up with the leader. Formula 1 is so boring at this point. I can't wait to see what they do for... Next season, I am um, I can I can attest to what you're talking about with the the whole safety car thing because I didn't really think how important it was to be the leader until I mean I'm going to tell a quick story until this morning on the video game safety car came out and it was three lap safety cars ridiculous in the second sprint race and I was the leader and we were coming around uh, we were in Bahrain and we okay. come out the final turn safety car came out and it went off and they said you know you got to keep a pace and I kept the pace for a second and then I just went. 
And then as soon as I crossed the line, everything was good, and I already had like a five-second lead behind. It's so stupid. It is. I, I can't attest I, to that. I've I, seen it done before. I, so <laughs> I don't like it anymore. Well, I watch it. Yeah, I will. Because yeah. it's something to do on a Sunday morning before the NASCAR race. Am I enjoying it? No. Okay. Even last weekend, it was like, eh, Botas won. Surprise, surprise. Mercedes is doing well. Yeah, I just can't stand anybody in that organization. I just can't. It's not fun for me anymore to watch it. The numbers will reflect. Here's how I rated the Formula One Austrian Grand Prix, the second one. Memorability, six. Intensity, seven. Competitiveness, six. Unpredictability, four. Excitement, six. They're lucky I didn't go, go any lower. Overall race for the second Austrian Grand Prix, 5.8. Wow. Next week's Hungarian Grand Prix, July 19th at 9, 10 a.m. on ESPN. Preston, what were your thoughts on the Formula One race? The second race at Austria, it was not as exciting to me as the first one yeah. was. But, I mean, overall, I give the race a 7.2 still. So, I mean, there was... I, I See, I'm... What, what was your breakdown on that? Excitement, I gave it an 8. Because okay. there was... I give excitement throughout the whole... Well, I mean, not the whole race, but towards the end. So, like, when Lando Norris was battling, you know, when we had all those different battles, yeah. a little bit further back in the field, not for the lead, but, I mean, because we all knew who was going to win anyways. And then I, I gave it an 8, and then the rest were 7s all the way down. I mean, unpredictability, yeah. I look at unpredictability as... Sure, we all knew Lewis Hamilton was going to win, but we don't know further back in the field because we have drivers trying to race for podiums. And the, the cool thing I find about Formula One is that the only the top ten drivers get points. Yeah, so that's people true. who are, are racing their way to try to get to that top ten, it was it was still I still rated it higher than you, obviously. But I mean, I I thought it was a pretty good, still a decently good race overall. I mean, I don't know. Yeah. I seem a little bit more excited about Formula One these days, but I, I think I, I'm waiting for next year. I'll give it till next year and next year's season. I'll watch it all. If they don't impress me and Hamilton's still up there, I'm probably going to be done with it. I don't like it, and I'll just stick with what I love, NASCAR. And at least there, you know, it's not every weekend Kevin Harvick wins. Right. He wins a lot this season, but it isn't every weekend. He's got to still earn it. Mm -hmm. That's just my two cents. Hopefully next weekend will be better. The Hungarian Grand Prix, July 19th at 9, 10 a.m. on ESPN. That's all I got for Formula One. I was going to talk a little bit about that whole protest thing, but we covered that in the news. Yeah. So that being said, we'll just go ahead and uh, get into the fun-filled weekend, in my opinion, of NASCAR. Green, green, green. I know you're a big Formula One fan, and I'm sorry about that. Oh, it's okay. for, For those out there who are Formula One fans more so than NASCAR, change my mind. Write me on Facebook, write me on Twitter at Marbles and Facebook at In the Marbles. Change my mind. Yeah, that's good. Because to me, Formula One is the Mercedes Lewis Hamilton show. But on to NASCAR. On to We're going to go into chronological order. Thursday's the Xfinity race. You watch it? I listened to it. Okay. On the radio. We're doing things a little bit different here in the Marbles. Instead of going stage by stage and breaking down everything, we're going to pick our top five drivers that impressed us most throughout the race and give them to you. Okay. I have two separate sets for both Xfinity races, Thursday and Fridays. Both were exciting. Austin Sindrick won Thursday's race and Friday's race, so bring out room. He swept it. Awesome job by Austin Sindrick. Who was driver number one for you? So my list I compiled, I did a top five for both races together. Okay. So my number one driver I put as Austin Sindrick for yep. getting both both wins both nights, which is, I mean, impressive at this point, probably. 
Yeah, my my number one for both races was Austin Cindric in Thursday's race. He started twelfth, finished first, won stage one, second in stage two, and won the race. In Friday's race, started fifteenth, won or third in stage one, first in stage two, and finished first in the race. Awesome. Actually, I must go back and correct on Thursday, third in stage one, and second in stage two. So always climbing there, always up front. Austin Cindric was my number one driver for both of those races, too. Number two for Thursday's race, however, I had Noah Gregson. Started on the pole, won stage one and two, finished 11th. Not up there always at the end. There was a few, a lot of contact there at the end. But he impressed me to the point where at least he got those stage wins. Finished 11th, just right outside the top 10, but another solid one for, run for Noah Gregson. Second for the Friday race, Chase Briscoe. Okay. Started 12th, 7th in stage one, fourth in stage two, and finished second in the race. I thought it was great to see him win or see him competitive. It's always fun watching Briscoe. Yeah. Him and Cindric are the only Fords. And we're going to talk about more about Briscoe later on when we do our silly season stuff. I got oh, some yes. predictions from moves for him. But who do you got second? I put down Anthony Alfredo. Okay. Got, and I, I do that because, I mean, he finished sixth both nights in a row, but I mean, that's good. I mean, he's yeah. He's, he's consistent. To prove, he's consistent, starting to prove himself. So I'm still looking forward to seeing how he, you know, what he does the rest of the season as well. I put him third for my list on Thursday, fifth in stage one, tenth in stage two, and six overall. Started eleventh. That was my pick for Thursday's race. Now Friday's race, Daniel. I gave it to Daniel Hemrick. Started thirty fourth, ninth in stage one, fifth in stage two, and ninth in the race. I thought he was up there to win it. But at the end of the race, he got a little too crazy on on Friday and washed up the track and just went back. But mm-hmm. able to salvage a ninth place finish. He's a staple in there. And I even said it on Twitter. If Junior Motorsports was smart and Dell Jr. was making the calls like he should as a team owner, he would put that guy in a full-time ride in that eight car. Yeah. Because he's proven himself. He's proved himself Friday night, starting in the back, finishing in the top ten. So that was my third for Friday. What do you have for fourth? I have Michael Annette. Two top ten finishes in a row again. Oh, my gosh. I gave Michael Annette my fourth in Thursday's race. Started fourth, sixth in stage one, seventh in stage two, fifth in the race. He he was up there all night, very consistent. He wasn't really talked about. Yeah. But up there. And then for my Friday race, I gave it to Noah Grayson. Started fifth, first in stage one, eighth in stage two, and seventh in the race. We'll talk more about him in a second about that race. <laughs> and who's your fifth drivers in those races? I put down uh, Riley Herbst, so second on Thursday night's race. Even though he got 10th on Friday night, I mean, it's still good. I think he, you know, two top 10 finishes two nights in a row, that's still good. So, I mean, he's got to work his way up there right. a little bit still. But. For Thursday, I gave it to Ross Chastain, finished second, fourth in stage one and two, finished third in the race. And then for Friday night's race, I gave it to Justin Haley. He finished outside the top 10 in stage one, started ninth, ninth in stage two, and finished third. Great comeback, great top five finish overall for Justin Haley. Did you rate both races individually, I take it? Uh, no, I, rate, I rated them together again as well. Oh, it's just kind of like a doubleheader kind of thing for well, me. Oh, I get that. Well, Thursday, here's how we rated it Thursday. Intensity, eight. Unpredictability, eight. Memorability, nine. Competitiveness, 8. Excitement, 8. Overall for Thursday night's Xfinity Race in Kentucky, 8.2. Wow, that's what I have. Just like that? Yeah, yeah well, yeah, 8's all the way... Wait, was it 8's all the way down and then 9? 
eight's all the way, and then memorability nine. That's what I had to. <laughs> Good. Okay. Great. But night. I, 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 I compiled them both together because of that, both races, especially Friday nights. There was a little bit now, of memorability. Friday, Friday nights is a bit higher than mine. I, <laughs> Friday night's Xfinity race was one of those races I feel was, if you love racing, that was the race to watch. And I'm so yeah. glad I watched it and was listening to the scanners and everything. Couldn't figure out the, the radio. Just so if everybody's curious, I couldn't figure out the radio and TV sync. Mm-hmm. But it's okay. You want to know why? Just I just listened to the scanners and stuff. Yeah. Good stuff. So at the end of the race, Noah Gregson got into Harrison Burden, sent Harrison Burden up the track. Didn't wreck him, yeah. but took away a good finish for Harrison Burden. Harrison Burden approaches Noah Gregson, pushes him once, pushes him twice. Gregson wasn't having any of it and swings on him, and then a whole big fight breaks out. Pretty good-looking fight, too, if you ask me. Yeah, it was. Bob Parkress. So pretty much what Bob Parkress said was, there might be penalties coming out because of social distancing and the mask thing and all that stuff, in which I responded, who cares? Right. I'm glad to see the passion back in the Xfinity series. Got about 17 likes from that. Whether Bob Parkress did or not, he didn't respond back to In the Marbles. But I thought it was a great finish. Cindric winning it again. I thought Briscoe was going to have him. Yeah. But it wasn't meant to be for Chase Briscoe. Here's how I rated that Friday night race. Intensity, 9. Unpredictability, 9. Memorability, 10. Competitiveness, 9. Excitement, 9. Best since Daytona 500, 9.2. Wow. For Friday night's Xfinity race. I wow. thought it was a great race. Now, going back to the whole Bob Pockers thing, I take the whole... COVID thing more seriously nowadays. I do wear a mask out in public. It's a good thing to do that. And what I find weird about what um, the race on Sunday was when they were going to go, you know, when we get into the Cup Series, they went to interview Cole Custer and Jamie Little is just reiterating, they've all got their masks on. Like, I, I said the same thing like, on Twitter. Like, I un- Okay, so like, I take, I I take it same. very seriously. <laughs> I wear my mask out in public, but like if we're testing people if we're testing all these guys before, you know, at the start of the day yeah. and everything and everything's good, I can, I kind of think of it as like, why are they wearing masks? Because I, I, I'm going to go a little off topic here. When I watch wrestling every week, they test their people like two times a day and they don't have it. If they're clear, they're good. Nobody's wearing masks there. Right. Here at the Container Store, we believe you shouldn't be limited to just one happy place. Your home should be full of them. That's why we're giving you 30% off every custom alpha space. From closets and pantries to playrooms, offices, and garages, you can transform any area with alpha and save 30%. Here's another happy thought. Our design specialists will design your space for free. Get ready to discover your new happy place at the Container Store. Visit us in-store or online to get started with a free design. Buy four tires and get up to $200 in savings after rebate at Bell Tire's year-end sale. Or get even more in Bell Tire gift cards, December 26th through January 7th. Plus, get tires as low as $49 after rebate. Get up to $200 in savings. Or get even more in gift cards, December 26th through January 7th. Get up to $200 in savings. And choose the lowest tire price, period, at Bell Tire. 100 years of getting folks safely back on the road fast and affordably. See storebelltire.com for details. Restrictions apply. Now open in Elgin. If it's a concealed area, why are we still wearing masks? I don't know, man. And why are we making a big I noticed, deal of I like, noticed that about Jamie a little, too, when she said, the guys are here celebrating, they're wearing their mask. It's like, why are you going to take something like that when everybody's excited to get their first yeah. win and overshadow it by that? Be quiet. 
Yeah, like I take and it just very say, seriously. How do you feel? It's just weird when you hear them constantly talking about the mask. They've got their mask on. They've got yeah. the mask on. Like we see that. Shut we, we see that. Yeah, be quiet and just. <laughs> but great race overall. I was very excited about that. Now when we get to Saturday. Yeah, the truck race. Right when the race started, and I think this goes back to if you see rain in the forecast, move the race up. Rain joining after two after two stages. And Sheldon Creed got his first truck series victory. And I was very disappointed about that because I thought it was a bummer that it was Rain Shorning. And I think Rain Brothers could have done better because Brian Barnhill was in there, had a little bit of trouble in the race, spun out, and finished 33rd, I think one lap down. And then Angela Ruck finished 25th. Just wanted to bring those guys up because it, I like Rain Brothers racing. But bummer for that. I think they could have done better. But what do you think of the Saturday race? It was... I mean, I always enjoyed Truck Series, like I said before. Um, I had to catch that one on radio as well. But, I mean, it's a bummer. Yeah, you're right. A bummer that it's rain-shortened and a track that's got lights. But like you said before, why aren't we kind of moving these races up if we know that there could be some kind of possibility? Well, I'm I'm not in charge of NASCAR. If I was, a lot of things would be different. (laughs) But congratulations. But congratulations to Sheldon Creed. Who do you have for the top five drivers? Sheldon Creed was my number one because good for him that he got that win. I put Matt Crafton in there because it, for once it looks like he's finally they they got a good finish for once. We, okay. he's kind of been struggling this season. So and to me, Johnny Sauter has as well. So I have Johnny Sauter in my top five as well. And then I have Derek Krause and Todd Gilliland. Oh wow! Yeah. Okay. I went a little bold. You did. Who well, about you? I put Ben Rhodes as number one. Started sixth, finished outside of top ten in stage one, but rebounded, finished second overall, stage mm-hmm. two, and finished in the race. Sheldon Creed started a third in stage one, second in stage two, or first in stage two, and won the race. Congratulations to him. For my third driver, I put Austin Hill. He's always up there. Yeah. Started fifth, stage one ninth, stage two fifth, finished fifth. Brett Moffitt, I put fourth. He started on the pole, couldn't really stay up there. Once the race started winding down, second in stage one and 11th in stage two, finishing 11th. Matt Crafton, I got about fifth driver, started 14th, finished outside the top 10 in stage one, third in stage two, overall third. Good rebound for them. Again, risk would have gone the distance to see what Ray Brothers would have had for them, but it is what it is. You can't beat nature. Yeah. How do you rate the race? Uh, intensity, I gave it an eight. You know, Like I said, trucks are always intense for me, and then... I went sevens the rest of the way down with memorability, competitiveness, excitement. Okay. Like, truck series, I don't know, to me, I've always found to be exciting because they like to, they usually have a good, decent amount of night races anyways on the schedule, and that's what I always like to see. So, like, trucks and night racing combined are, like, that's, like, that's it for me right there. Yeah, that was it. That's what I like to see. So, it came out to a 7.2 overall. Okay. Even though it was just, we just only got two stages in, which is unfortunate. Yeah, that was a bummer. I, I put it like this, intensity 8, competitiveness 8, memorability 8, unpredictability 9, excitement 8. I think they were racing the weather. They knew they were going to probably race till halfway. Overall, 8.2. Okay, that's a good. I, I can get down with that. I think it could have been higher if the rain didn't play a factor, but yeah. can't help that. Mm-hmm. Sunday's Cup race. Wrote on Twitter, wondering if anybody thought this would be Kyle Busch's winless streak or if a cup driver would get their first career victory at Kentucky. Little did I know I was going to be right on both accounts. It was an awesome race. One of your typical races, 
400 miles. Not everybody's going to be up there in front. A lot of tire issues from a lot of drivers, mainly on the left front, showing cords. Kyle Busch thought he broke some rear suspension issues. Turns out it wasn't broken. Turns out his car just was crap yeah. all day. Still on that winless streak. Holy cow, what do you think? It was slow for the first little bit, but then things really started to ramp up, especially towards the end as we saw. I think Jimmy Johnson started trending there towards the end, then went low to block Keselowski. Keselowski doesn't like being blocked. Well, Keselowski timed that very, like, perfectly, yep. the move. So, and he was like, oh, man. So, like, Johnson should be kind of blaming himself for that because it was timed so perfectly. It, it was, and Keselowski knows how to race, man. Yeah. And if somebody blocks him, he's not going to move down. He's not going to have anybody force his hand. Bummer for Jimmy Johnson. I think all eyes were on him, but that's racing, man. That yeah. happens. My big takeaways from this are this. Three rookies in the top ten. Cole Custer, who won the race, Christopher Bell 7th, Tyler Reddick 10th. Good to see rookies up there running competitively. Yep. And what happened to Joe Gibbs racing? What was the one driver you heard about most on Sunday? Martin Truex Jr. Martin Truex Jr. If it was Kyle Busch, it was pessimistic. Yep. And Hamlin and Jones? Yeah, that's weird. I've never... Especially with Hamlin. Didn't really go through a race. Maybe they talked about him once on TV. Yeah. But that was it. Mm-hmm. Eric Jones was a no-show. Truex finished 2nd, Hamlin 12th, Kyle Busch... 21st and Eric Jones 22nd. That's just crazy. But who are your top five drivers? Number one was Cole Custer. Was Cole Custer for me. Man, what started 29th? Yeah, didn't finish in the top ten in stage one. Stage two finished third. Won the race on an exciting restart. Four wide, awesome finish. Stole the win. Yes, yeah, so in a sense. Somebody, James, uh, one of my other buddies, James Krunich, was he talked to me today and he goes. Uh, so what do you think of Cole Custer now that you've kind of been backing him all season saying like, oh, yeah, you know, he's kind of a bust and now he wins. And I was like, he kind of got lucky in a sense. Because, well, you got to be lucky to win sometimes. Yeah. I mean, well, with Ryan Blaney going all the way down there and then four wide and the, I don't know what he hit, but they bounced the car right up into Harvick. And then, I mean, all Cole Custer has to do is just keep driving the outside. Hey, he won the race. And on, he got it done. Those guys, those three drivers down there, Harvick, Blaney, and Truex, Truex are experienced veterans. Yeah. Cole Custer's a rookie. Well, when Ryan Blaney, I guess it was the the concrete, the groove, I don't know what happened when he was down there, and it just it bounced the car enough. I thought he would. that was it. He was going to go into Harvick, and I thought we were going to yeah. see something huge. But, I mean, what a save on what his a, part. What a good finish, man. That was awesome. So Cole Custer was my number one, too. Number two. I have Truex Jr. My gosh, me too. <laughs> I dropped to the rear of the field for failing inspection twice. Yeah. Stage one, tenth. Stage two, fifth, finished second. Awesome job for Martin Truex Jr. Carrying the banner for Joe Gibbs Racing and Toyota. He's my number two driver. If you say the number three driver is on my list, I'm going to I'm going to say you were copying me. Oh, man, I want to know who yours is. Matt Benedetto. Oh, no, I don't have okay, that. Okay, Matt Benedetto was my third pick. His worst track, average finish of 30th. Started 10th, fourth in stage one, second, ninth in stage two. Finished third in the race. I thought he was going to be up there and possibly going for a win. But he's having a hell of a season. Mm-hmm. Can't take it away from Matt Benedetto and good equipment, some good confidence, and win the sales. He's having an awesome season so far. He's my third driver from this weekend's cup race. Who's your third? I put Ryan Blaney down, even though he had that trouble right near the end. But, yeah. I mean, Penske looked strong. Penske was strong all day with Ryan Blaney, Joey Logano, and Brad Keselowski up there all day. Yeah. And the, what what blew me away, now he, he's my number four. He's my fourth. He had a shifter issue. Yeah, that's why. And I the put whole him in race the top five. for pretty much seventy five percent of the race, it felt like 
he had to hold the shifter in fourth. Yeah. Through three and four, or one and two. I think it was one and two. And he just had to hold it down there. And just that physical strain that has on your hand and your arm doing that the whole race. Amazing job. I gave it to him for it. Finished six overall. Ryan Blaine's my number fourth. And who's your who's your fifth driver? Uh, Tyler Reddick is who I. Oh put wow! In there. Okay. I didn't even put Matt DiBenedetto in there. I felt like I should have, but I think I put Tyler Reddick in there because he's just good call. still consistent. I mean, he's looking good still. Yeah, Tyler Reddick so. is a good call. I put Harvick as mine. Finished third and started third. Finished first in stage one. Then finished inside the top ten in stage two. Finished fourth overall. I thought Harvick had a a good chance of getting another win this season. But holy cow, Cole Custer took that away, didn't he? Mm-hmm. I thought that was a great race. All right, how would you rate the race? I have it overall an 8.2. So I had intensity at a 9, and then I had 8s the rest of the way down, including memorability, excitement, competitiveness. I should have put competitiveness at a 9 probably because of the ending. Right. But I kind of was still trying to look at it as a whole race perspective. All right, well. we have the same score, except I gave excitement a 9. Okay. And not intensity. I thought it was an overall great race. Yeah. Congrats to Gold Custer doing a great job. The next race for the Cup Series will be this Wednesday at Bristol Motor Speedway, July 15th, for the All-Star Race in the Open, starting at 7 p.m. on Fox Sports 1. The last time Fox is going to cover a race this season. And then we head over to NBC for Texas. Yes. So we have Trucks and Cup at Texas. Trucks will be Saturday night, and the Cup Series is racing Sunday afternoon. And then the Xfinity Series is in New Hampshire, which is kind of weird. They're racing Saturday afternoon. But that's going to be a fun race. I love New Hampshire. Fun track to go to. Yeah. Recommend anybody to get a chance to go there, go there. But, hey, that wraps up NASCAR. Looking forward to the All-Star race. Looking forward to Texas. I hope Ross gets the opportunity to go to Texas. I think they're running 50% capacity there. I hope it's still going on like that. Hopefully, Ross, if you're listening to this, if you go, let me know. And you could be our at-race reporter for In the Marbles. I think it would be great. Yeah. All right, so we're done with that. We're done with NASCAR. Looking forward to that. Now we're going to get into the segment of the show I've been looking forward to since we thought about it two weeks ago. Silly season predictions. We're midway through the season, and I can't wait to see what you come up with. To me, this is always... The most wonderful time of the year in NASCAR, silly season. Yep. Now, for those of you who don't know what silly season is, pretty much it's rumors of where drivers are going to go into open seats for the following season. For instance, a big silly season rumor in 2007 was Dale Earnhardt Jr. leaving Dale Earnhardt Incorporated. He's been there since 99 and going to Hendrick Motorsports. And that caused a lot of, where's it going to go? Who's going to replace Dale Jr.? Ends up, it was, I think, Mark Martin who replaced him in that eight car or somebody what the point is I think it, it was Truex Jr. Oh it, maybe it was. I think he went to the one actually. Yeah I can't remember. But the whole point of silly season is it's just a big rumor mill. What ifs until contracts are signed and drivers go where they go and are played place where they're placed. It's just all rumors and speculations and this is our predictions of what's gonna happen here for twenty twenty one. So I have for my first car on the ballot the 42 Chip Canassi Chevrolet, currently ran by Matt Kenseth, who replaced Kyle Larson during the whole COVID thing because Larson decided to use a racial slur on iRacing while somebody was live streaming. Yeah. Now, who do I think will take the place of Matt Kenseth? Because I don't think Kenseth is going to go on for 
quite a bit longer. I think this is just something to get him out of retirement and get racing. Racing competitively in that 42 car. But is he a long time stay at Chip Ganassi? I don't think so. I think he's going to be done at the end of the season and make way for one of these two drivers, Ross Chastain or Eric Jones. I, ooh. You know, I think I could agree and say Ross Chastain more than likely. And I'll get to the 20 Toyota, but I think Ross Chastain's a, the number one pick for me if I was Chip Ganassi. And the reason I say Eric Jones is because of this. Eric Jones is the current driver that Joe Gibbs racing number 20. He has two wins in his time in the Cup Series, the 2019 Southern 500 and the 2018 Coke Zero 400. But here's who I think is going to replace him. The guy who was bred for Joe Gibbs racing to come up, currently in Levine family racing right now, Christopher Bell is going to take Eric Jones' spot in that car, which I think was destined to happen from the get-go. I can agree with that, honestly. I think you're right. I think Christopher. I think they bring in Christopher Bell. Eric Jones is a good driver. He's won a couple times. Yeah. But is he the Joe Gibbs staple where they're winning four or five races every season, each driver, and he's only winning one? I think Bell gets bumped up to the big leagues from the minor leagues in the Joe Gibbs racing organization to drive that 20 car. I think he's going to be tapped at the end of the season. I think Eric Almirola is on the chopping block too. All righty. And I want to say it is going to be Chase Briscoe taking that spot. Though Eric is running very well, still winless, as is now Clint Boyer is still winless. But I'll get to him in a second. I think Chase Briscoe comes up to either the 10 or the 14, most likely the 10. I think I had to disagree there. All I right. think Clint Boyer's on the chopping block over at Stuart Haas. Well, in his place, I got someone else. Ooh, okay. Clint Boyer in the chopping block, too. I think Kyle Larson comes back and takes Clint Boyer's spot. And that's where you got me there because I totally forgot the rumor that's been circulating that Kyle Larson could come back next year. And I think he's going to the 14 car. I think Briscoe's going to be called up. He's having a tremendous year in Xfinity, which doesn't necessarily translate well to the cup. Yeah. Takes some time to develop into new cars and that new driving style and the more intense racing. But Briscoe comes up to the 10, Larson to the 14. Okay, yeah. Harvick and Cole Custer stay where they are because mm-hmm. they're both having great seasons. Championship caliber in Harvick, but I think that's what's going to happen in Stuart Haas here in the next I few months. I do believe that Kyle Larson is probably going to come back, so I I could agree with that. I think Stuart Haas would be – I think they could be the people that kind of would jump for that. Yeah, I think so too. Now, here at the Container Store, we believe you shouldn't be limited to just one happy place. Your home should be full of them. That's why we're giving you 30% off every custom alpha space. From closets and pantries to playrooms, offices, and garages, you can transform any area with Alpha and save 30%. Here's another happy thought. Our design specialists will design your space for free. Get ready to discover your new happy place at the Container Store. Visit us in-store or online to get started with a free design. Going to the number 48 Hendrick Chevrolet. This is a big one. He's retiring at the end of the season. Jimmy Johnson has said, even with this whole pandemic thing, I'm retiring. Yeah. No chance of me coming back. Missed one race due to COVID. Not his fault. Just that happens. I'm surprised it took him so long to get, so short to get a negative test twice in a row. Mm -hmm. But good on him. My number one driver to replace him, Brad Keselowski. I have done more research and I haven't seen him re-signing. He has yet to do a re-signing. I haven't seen anything on it. And I did some research. I saw some rumors that he was going to re-sign, but I never saw anything that said Keselowski's re-signing with Penske. That's a really, I think that could be one of the biggest ones. It's either going to be Brad Keselowski or Corey LaJoy. 
I think it would be Brad Keselowski. I think Hendricks got two. I think I would consider William Byron and Alex Bowman as two young cats still in that camp. Yeah. So I don't know if Hendrick would. I think he would want to bring a vet on. Keselowski yeah. definitely fits to Bill. He's a champion. Right. He's not going to get rid of Chase Elliott. He's not going to get rid of William Byron. No. And I think Alex Bowman has shown his strength there at Hendrick. I think I, I think would, he's probably the top car there at Hendrick right now. Yeah, I would venture to say probably Brad Keselowski. I don't know. I mean, Corey LaJoy would be, not be bad, but it wouldn't I be think a bad choice, Hendrick but would want to bring on a veteran still. Yeah, I think so too. So those are my two picks for the 42 car. Richard Petty, number 43. That's on the chopping block. As far as I can tell, Bubba Wallace does not have... I thought they re-signed him for another year. Did they? I think they did. Can we confirm that? Maybe they're just saying that they're behind him still. Maybe. Maybe, uh, maybe you're right. But I, I thought I, I, saw... I think he's on the chopping block, and though I there are a number of drivers out there, I think he would be good in there. I think maybe Daniel Suarez might go over there. But okay. I don't know. Silly season changes every day until everything gets solid in contract. But that would be cool to see Daniel Suarez get back into a good competitive car. The last car I have on the block, Penske number two. The Miller Ford, current driver Brackett Slavsky, suspect we're going to Hendrick. Not certain yet. You could be going to, what if he goes to Joe Gibbs? Yeah. I mean, that's a possibility too. But I think regardless, if Brackett Slavsky leaves to go wherever he goes, Austin Sendrick's going to take that seat. Yeah, I can agree with that too. And Austin Sendrick, I think, will be pretty good having a good team with Joey Logano and Ryan Blaney in there. I think that's going to be a really good team. Wherever Brad goes... I don't know. I'll follow him. I, I'm a big fan of Brad Kozlowski. There's a mention here. Matt Benedetto has some, one season with the Wood Brothers. Yes. There are two options here. He could go to the Miller Lite Ford. Mm-hmm. He could go to the Penske car. But I think Matt Benedetto and Wood Brothers stay together at least for another two seasons. I he's think run, so, too. He's running very well in that car. He's got the confidence back that we'd like to see. And I haven't met one person that says, I don't like Matt Benedetto. I think that the sponsorship stays... And I think that's what key, helps keep them there. If he decides, if they decide to want to keep him there, I think the Menard sponsorship will stay there because yep. I heard a rumor that, I mean, like I know that the Menard sponsorship is still big in Penske. I know I've heard that Paul Menard is taking up a position at Penske as well. Well, that's good. So I think the sponsorship stays. So I think the Wood Brothers have, you know, that backing that yeah. they need. I think um, I, to will probably another season or two with them. Probably. Yeah, I, I think to Benedetto stays with the. F- 21 Wood Brothers Ford for at least two more seasons. But that's my silly season. That's our silly season. If you hey, if you agree with our list, let us know. If you disagree and think another driver's going to somewhere else, let us know. I would love to hear what other people might I would have love to, to hear say. what other people have to say too. But I think that's going to be awesome to watch unfold for the rest of the season, for the rest of the year. I have a question for you. Who yeah. do you think we hear about first in, ter- and like in terms of confirmation? Keselowski. Then Keselowski. I think Keselowski is going to be the first in confirmation. Okay. I think he's the one that everybody's talking about. I saw something that said he did resign, but then I looked again and nothing's official. Yeah, it's just a bunch of rumors. I saw something like that on Twitter as well. So until it's set in stone, we don't know. And I, I, I think either way, twenty twenty one is going to be awesome year for a lot of people, a lot of new drivers in different places. So you got anything else to add for silly season before we start wrapping up our show? Uh, no. All right, we're going to go ahead and get into our final thoughts in this week in NASCAR and our driver of the week. White flag, white flag, white flag. One lap to go, one lap right here. All right, Preston, wrapping up the show. Very good show, 43rd episode. Excited to see the numbers keep climbing, and thanks again for everybody's support Yeah, in this whole thing. We really appreciate it. 
So we're going to start off with our fantasy league. Now I got to admit, I admit, I forgot to change and update and pick a lot of the drivers. Oh, okay. But it still ended up finishing pretty decent. Finished fourth. Okay. In there, but I I must admit I I pulled a Preston. Oh, hey, wait a minute. And, <laughs> and uh, didn't really update the stage one, stage two, and race winner. I think I would have picked wrong with the race winner anyway. But here are the updated stats for In the Marbles 2.0 on NASCAR.com. Beamer on a Beamer, still in the lead with 2,816 points. SMR R&D, 2,734 points. I'm in third with 2,634 points, I better pull something out of my rear end here because John's leaving us. And so is, who's SMR R&D? Uh, Maples. He's leaving us too. Holy cow. Meep Meep in fourth with 2,521 points. S-Blades, 2,423. You're in sixth still, but won this last weekend's event. Yes, I did. Scoring highest. Congratulations. 2,346 points. Crunchy Enterprises is 2,261. 43 and Me, 2,208. Jay Waka Flocka, 1,867. Wiregrass Racing, 1,607. And BK Racing, 57. 1,584. 1,548, I'm sorry. I want to say 9th, 10th, and 11th are mathematics. Are done. Yeah. Better luck next year, gentlemen. Mm-hmm. So that's our In the Marbles 2.0 stats. So now, for this week in NASCAR and the Driver of the Week, for our Driver of the Week, Fitting, 43rd episode, the King Richard Petty is our driver of the week this week in NASCAR. 200 career wins, 712 top 10s, 123 poles, one over 35-year career starting in 1,184 races. Wow. Seven-time champion in 1964, 1967, 1971, 1972, 1974, 1975, and 1979. His first race came... At the 1958 Jim Medino 500 in Toronto, his last race was the historic 1992 Hooters 500 in Atlanta. First win, 1960 Unlimited Race Southern States. Last win, the 1984 Firecracker 400 there at Daytona International Speedway. Richard Petty, the king, man. Oh, I'm not done yet. Oh. 2010 NASCAR Hall of Fame inductee, the Diecast Hall of Fame in 2011, International Motorsports Hall of Fame inductee in 1997, American Motorsports American, or sorry, Motorsports Hall of Fame America inductee in 1989, most popular driver in 1962, 1964, 1964, Richard Petty is your driver of the week this week in NASCAR for a 43rd episode. Wow. Now, Preston, what do you have for this week in NASCAR? Well, this week in NASCAR, it kind of goes right there with Richard Petty all the way back to 1958, July the 18th. Richard Petty makes his first career NASCAR Grand National start in the 100-lap race at Toronto's Canadian National Exposition Speedway. 21-year-old Richard Petty finishes 17th in the 19-car field after hitting the fence on lap 55. Oh, wow. So In, in the how many car field? 19. Just 19 cars. Wow. Sounded like the ARCA race. Yeah. <laughs> so that's this week in NASCAR. <laughs> Very nice. All right, so going, we're not even going to cover Bristol. Do a race preview on that. 
But I will ask you this. Who do you think is going to get voted in? I don't know. I think Bubba Wallace is going to get voted in. But realistically, I think it's I want him to see Matt Benedetto in the race as well. But I think he wins his way in. Yeah, and, Matt Benedetto knows and, how to get around Bristol. And realistically, I think Bubba Wallace gets voted in, just given his popularity at the time and everything. Okay, yeah, I, yeah, I guess I could agree with that. Off the top of my head, I could remember who all is already in it. Yeah, but I guess I guess you could say Bubba Wallace probably gets voted in. De Benedetto, I can see him racing his way in. He knows how to get around Bristol. I voted for De Benedetto. I think it's going to be a pretty exciting race, hopefully, yeah. this Wednesday night. I mean, just the the hype behind it. I mean, we're going to get fans as well. There will be fans in the stands. I think, what was it, 30,000? Yeah, 30,000 fans are going to be in the stands for... So, I mean, you know, along with the underglow. I don't know, it should be pretty interesting. It will be very interesting. So, who do you got for the truck race at... Texas, the cup race at Texas, and the Xfinity race in New Hampshire. So for the truck race, I and my uh, my top five, I have Sheldon Creed, Christian Eckes, Brett Moffitt, Todd Gilliland, and Derek Krause. And then my dark horse is Jordan Anderson. He could probably pull off a decent finish for once. I know that that team's kind of well, been struggling here and there. It says here Texas is going to be hosting the Xfinity race. Yeah, Texas is going to be here. It's going to be on the 18th. I swear New Hampshire was in there. Oh, Preston, you were... I swear. Oh, no. <laughs> it's okay. It's happened to the best of us. So I must have... I must, All right, just to clarify... in there? No, New Hampshire is nowhere in here. So just to clarify, folks, Wow. on the 18th of July, the Xfinity and truck race is going to be happening at, Brist, or at Texas Motor Speedway. 3 o'clock start for the Xfinity and 8 o'clock start for the truck series. And then on the and on the 19th at 3 o'clock, the cup wow. race at Texas. So all three series are going to be at Texas. Yeah, so my bad at home. That was weird. I swear when I was looking at it earlier today, I swear hey, I saw New Hampshire when stuff, I clicked on this. Stuff happens, man. Okay. So that was odd. So we're going back. That's okay, odd. so there were your top five for the trucks. My top five are Matt Crafton, Austin Hill, Johnny Sauter, Brett Moffitt, and tough one, Sheldon Creed. Okay. He's on a roll. And Dark Horse Jordan Anderson. Now, for okay. Xfinity, I think it, it goes without saying the top two for me are Austin Sendrick and Chase Briscoe. Third's going to be Noah Gregson, Michael Arnett, Justin Allgaier, Dark Horse Daniel Hemrick. Okay. I have Sendrick, Ross Chastain, Chase Briscoe, Harrison Burton. I put Riley Herbst in there. And then my Dark Horse is Alex LeBay. Oh, nice. Oh, so. man. You, you're going dark, Dark Horse there. <laughs> yeah, okay. I am going very. Cup race. Very, I don't think you can take away from what Kevin Harvick's been doing. He's yeah. going to be up there for me. Ryan Blaney's been having a good run as of late. He's going to be up there for second for me. Third, I'm going to give it back to Denny Hamlin. I think he's going to rebound back quickly. Fourth, Brad Kozlowski. Fifth, Martin Truex Jr. Dark horse for the cup race for me. I can't believe I'm saying it like this. Kyle Busch. Oh, He's wow. going to be, he, he's going, he's moved down from <laughs> contender every week to dark it's horse dark territory horse. for me. Wow. And he keeps complaining that he's not having enough practice time, but nobody's having practice time yeah. in any of those cars. So I don't think he could say that and mean it. I think he's just making excuses. He's the most extreme pessimist I've ever seen in a race car. So, Cup Race, what do you got? Kevin Harvick, Chase Elliott. I put Kyle Busch in the top five. Okay. Brad Keselowski, Eric Almarola, And my dark horse, I can't believe I'm saying this one, 
Austin Dillon. Ooh. <laughs> yeah, ooh is right. All right, I guess Austin <laughs> Dillon is now a dark horse. He's yeah. always been a dark horse for me. Yeah, but. so. So, man, awesome 43rd episode in the books. I hope everybody has fun watching the midweek race at Bristol. All-star race, no points on the line. Checkers or wreckers, win it for a million dollars. Go for it. I'm looking forward to an exciting race. I'm looking forward to Texas. I've always enjoyed Texas. It's going to be a fun racetrack. Can't wait to see that. A Hungarian Grand Prix is coming up here for Formula yep. One. Can't wait. It's going to be a lot of fun racing this weekend. Going to be heading to Alabama this week. Going to see the family down there and see the nephews. And it's going to be a lot of fun. Going to go down and hang out with Charlie Herkes a little. Nice. He's not racing, but oh well. We'll get to hang out with him a little and catch up and do all that stuff. I haven't seen him since Drovel, but... Preston, you have anything else before we wrap it up here? Nope, let's send it. All right, buddy. I want to thank everybody so much for taking the time to listen to us this week here at In the Marvels. Make sure to follow us on all social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. And make sure to give our podcast a like and rating on all your podcast platforms to see how we're doing. And let us know if you have any ideas for future shows at inthemarbles.hotmail.com. For Preston Mood, I'm Matt Beamer. Thank you so much for listening. Stay safe and have a good rest of your week. Redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino style games to choose from, you too could win life changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to chumbacasino.com and give them a world. That's chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Here at The Container Store, we believe you shouldn't be limited to just one happy place. Your home should be full of them. That's why we're giving you 30% off every custom alpha space. From closets and pantries to playrooms, offices, and garages, you can transform any area with alpha and save 30%. Here's another happy thought. Our design specialists will design your space for free. Get ready to discover your new happy place at The Container Store. Visit us in-store or online to get started with a free design.